Hello and welcome to Mums Work and Chaos with me, Louise. They say it takes a village to raise a child, so let me help you build yours. During this journey, I'll be learning about everything from neurodiversity in children's literature through to body image post-pregnancy. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mums Working Chaos with me, Louise. Um, today you're joining us on the fourth um, episode of our Starting School series and I am joined by the wonderful Emma, Dietitian with a Difference, who has joined me previously to talk about um, food allergies and fussy eating. Um, but today we're talking about how we can support your child who's starting school um, and, and basically school lunches. So hi Emma, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me back on your um, podcast again. No worries at all. So um, for those who haven't heard um, our first episode, would you mind um, just giving a brief intro to yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name's Emma. Um, I'm a paediatric dietitian um, and I help parents with fussy eating and food allergies. And the reason I call myself Dietitian with a Difference is I'm not just a dietitian, I'm also a mum who has lived through multiple allergies of milk and egg and also had a very sea eater as well. So I try to provide lots of practical strategies that I know work as for as a dietitian, but also as a mum as well. And uh, honestly, your Instagram is so helpful because you, as well as doing your courses um, as, as, as well, you also have this amazing Instagram account where you, you know um give us recipe ideas and also um you you provide those little cards as well that talk about food laddering as well so um which have actually been very helpful for me on our journey to actually eating some cooked vegetables so um, brilliant <laughs> so for those who have uh, who have listened to the previous episode my uh, seven-year-old um loves raw fruit and veg but um the minute it is anywhere near cooked she doesn't want to have anything to do with it unless of course it's a chip or a crisp so um there you go but um we're, we're slowly moving towards cooked vegetables so thank you very much emma um, that's all right it can be hard different texture so yeah, yeah. raw can sometimes work better <laughs> yeah definitely um so um today looking at um at starting school and how we can support our children um, one thing I really wanted to talk to you about today was um, school lunches. Now, um, I know it can be a bit of a minefield for us parents of fussy eaters um, to to sort of allay the anxiety of of our children actually eating at school. So um, I know when when my eldest started, she was already a fussy eater and hated anything to do with potatoes most of the things on the menu actually included potato in some form or another and um and I was worried that that would sort of like stop her eating an entire dinner anyway um but also she's really easily distracted and with such a short amount of time to eat and such a large amount of food um she'd sort of like leave the food to go and play with her friends so um it it's it can be a bit of a scary um prospect for for us as parents when when they start school just try to like you know chill a bit with the idea that they'll they will eat eventually 
Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I had the same anxieties with my little girl because she was really fussy as well. And I worried about her starting school. I mean, she started school in COVID, so that's probably not the best best start, but yes. But I actually found that she actually ate more at school being around her peers and tried new different foods as well. Um, and although she did struggle and didn't always eat that well, she did she did eat something. And as time went on through reception and into year one, things did start to get better as well, just to reassure parents out there, because I know I was quite worried as well. Yeah, I had I had the same thing, but also like she she would get this, she'd get the FOMO. Her friends would would eat and then dash to go and play, and she might not have finished. And so um so when we sort of we also started school in COVID. So um we started she started school in 2020. So she had like the first bit of school and then we had that yeah. big homeschooling lockdown bit and then she went back to school for the summer term which was really fun um but I found as well that she, being around these being around her peers she was more open to trying things and she came home one day and she was like I ate a chip and I was like that is amazing I mean she was addicted to chips um as a toddler and then got this real aversion to potato to the point where she wouldn't even eat chips either so actually eating a chip was a really big win for us um but my main concern was actually whether she'd actually eat anything um and because she get distracted by all the other kids and wanted to go and play um and so we'd started doing this thing at home which was you don't have to finish your whole plate of food just have to yeah. eat until you're full and that's yeah, the intuitive thing. eating approach yeah can really yeah. really help a lot of children because they are good intuitive eaters they normally know when they're full as yeah. well so it is really important to trust them when they're saying they're full as well and help them learn, learn yeah, skill as well. come home and she'd be absolutely ravenous because she'd she sort of skipped lunch to play with her friends and I think that whole large plate of food in front of you could be actually quite daunting and so me saying you just have to eat until you're full not have to clear the plate um really sort of helped get her getting her to eat something rather than nothing um because they they do have this allotted time and and if they don't eat enough I think sometimes it's quite easy for some of the midday assistants to say no you can't leave until you've eaten yeah definitely Um, actually that that wording is quite you know anxiety uh provoking isn't it for a child yeah I was sharing the story about um my little girl and they used to take her back to like the classroom or take her back and give her more food because she hadn't eaten anything at all with this other little boy which I only found out about later but yeah really old school sort of approach to eating and I even I remember as a child being made to eat pasta and I didn't eat pasta till I was 19 years old because I was so traumatized by pasta at school so it can have a negative consequence as well but I hope as time's going on there is more positive messaging around food and hopefully schools are a lot better around you that whole approach and they used to my little girl as well they used to give her a much smaller plate so when she was in year one they'd give her a smaller plate and a much smaller plate portion as well so it didn't overwhelm her because they realized quite quickly that if you put too much in a plate she wouldn't eat any of it so yeah yeah definitely speak to teachers and you know the staff as well especially if your child's not eating really do approach them as well because there are things that can be put in place to help children as well and it is important that they do eat something because if they don't that can really affect their learning and I, I saw a, a client recently and her little boy had, they were basically going to do all these assessments and tests on him because they felt like he was falling behind. But when we actually looked at it, he wasn't eating anything all day at school and they wouldn't let him bring in a 
packed lunch. So I actually approached the school and said, look, can he have a packed lunch? Because we don't think there's issues with his learning. We think he's just really hungry. And actually that by implementing that, they made a big change to his learning as well. So, you know, eating is really important. So if you are worried, do definitely speak to the teachers as well. Yeah, that was one thing that I did as well. I spoke, I was worried that she wasn't eating and she wasn't. Um, and uh, so I spoke to her class teacher who spoke to the midday assistants and they reported back that, you know, she she was struggling with eating um, because she was getting distracted. Um, and so that's when I started uh, working with the teacher and the midday assistants to say, eat until you're full. So helping to sort of like, rebrand as it were <laughs> the messaging that the midday assistants were giving as well really helped her because she was like oh they they would tell me I have to clear my plate or I have to finish all my food before I can go out and play and you know that's not the case like they're only little they've got small stomachs you know it's like when you have a brand new baby and they've got a stomach the size of a cherry it gets bigger as they get older but you know each child is different each child's physical development is different as well so they might eat different amounts of things at different times and again you can even see that in toddlers while they're growing mm, they go through definitely. these spurts of eating like locusts where they just clear the cupboards out and then the next thing you know they're on starvation mode. <laughs> yeah definitely and I think again going back to that whole like eat everything on your plate it's quite an old-fashioned mm. approach you know like during you know the war and stuff like that grandparents you know food was scarce and now food isn't scarce so those kind of theories and ways of eating are quite old you know old approaches and yeah you know, it's good to address them with the, the teachers or the staff as well yeah definitely so um I ran a Q&A box on my Instagram uh last week and we got some um some really good questions through from um from our listeners um, so I thought we'd we'd just have a little run through some of those and see if we can uh, give give our listeners some answers, really. So um, the first one I've got here, uh, my child barely eats at home. How can I trust that they're eating at school? I think that's an interesting phrase, trust. Trust your child. Yeah, I think you do have to trust them. And I think one good thing is that with a lot of schools now, they publish online menus as well. So it depends on the school and what options they've got. So I do think it's worth having a look at that menu, potentially going through it with your child as well. Normally, in most schools, they have options of food that I would say is child friendly. There should be options on that meal that your child potentially has eaten before or eaten at home. One thing you can do is potentially look at that menu as well and even try and cook up some of those foods and have a go at making them with your child as well so that they can taste them and try them as well. That can be a really good approach. But do also, if you're really worried about your child's eating, do speak to the teachers and the school as well first because it's good sometimes to go in and let them have a go at trying the school meals, see how they get on. Sometimes with the peer pressure and being with their friends, um, they're much more open to trying new foods. So it's worth giving a go, but it's definitely worth speaking to teachers and making sure that someone reports back to you. Because if you are having days where they're not eating anything, then that does start to get concerning. And it is something that you would need to address with them. But I would try and go in with a positive attitude and try and go in with an approach that, you know, let them have a go at trying the foods and see, see how you get on. But, you know, if after a little short period of time, they're really not eating anything, you know, they're struggling at school, then I would definitely, you know approach looking at other options as well and pack lunches and other options or even days where maybe there might be jack potato not in the case of your child but 
put little children like jack of potatoes or Fridays often, you know, yeah. there's like fish fingers or something that your child might like. So there might be certain days where they can have have a school lunch as well with their friends as well. Yeah, the way it works with with our school is we get a, we get a menu and we get to pick. Um, so on the on the days where I really I know she's really not going to eat something, I tend to choose the school pack lunch. Um, so instead of having to, you know, the the outlay of buying all the stuff to make packed lunches because she doesn't eat packed lunches regularly. You know, we're never going to make our way through that entire packet of ham or that entire packet of bread because we don't really eat eat much of we eat much bread on the day-to-day basis so you know instead of instead of making a packed lunch I'll choose the packed lunch option so in this case it's either like a roll or a wrap or something with cheese and ham and um you know piece of fruit and again at her school we although we get to choose like the options from the menu we don't get to see what's for pudding we don't get to see what the drinks are drinks are usually water um and and so like she'll come home she'll be like oh I I had cake today or I had you know um we had fruit salad or something and it's really funny because like she wouldn't eat a fruit salad at home yet she'll eat it at school um or she won't eat custard at home but she will at school it's so strange yeah all custard same with my child She'd eat, yeah, she'll eat lots of different things and she'll come home really excited. And you might find this as well, you know, with the, the person asks questions that they'll come home and be like, I tried this new food today. And they'll be really excited to tell you about that. My little girl will do that. I tried this today. Or I, I ate this. And sometimes that's why school dinners can be a good opportunity for them to be exposed to other new foods as well. So try and go in with a positive attitude, I'd say, start with and see, see how things go. But have it in the back of your mind you can speak to the teachers and talk to them about your concerns as well if things don't go quite according to plan and as I said before moving to that sort of more intuitive way of eating as well really worked for us so instead of giving her the pressure and the deadline like we we tried everything so like giving her the pressure of 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 making sure she ate a certain amount and so she'd then say oh well how many spoonfuls of rice do I have to eat how how many pieces of chicken do I have to eat or then we even moved on to, uh, you know, timers on the kitchen Alexa, which was horrible, um, really stressful for everyone. And then I sort of just gave up and was just like, you know, just eat until you're full. And actually, yeah. it took the pressure off for both of us and it made it so much easier for both of us. So when she when she started back in the summer term and she didn't have that pressure of I have to eat a certain amount. Um, I just have to eat until I'm full um, and also having the midday assistant sort of change it to taking the plate and going so you're full then meant that like she'd then think oh am I full do I feel full yes I know I don't feel full I'll mm. eat a little bit more or yes I do feel full I know I can get through the rest of the day until mum brings snack <laughs> at pickup time um, that, that that really sort of changed um everything for us really just and that's a really good approach like the no pressure approach can make a big big difference so yeah no I'm the same I would never advise you know timers or anything like that with children or just x number of bites because you just take away that understanding of hunger and fullness as well and it's an important skill for them to learn as well and I know there's times when children are underway and you know there's other initiatives that have to go but you know for a child that's you know, growing well and everything else and eating reasonably balanced diet. And that, you know, that is the approach to take, taking, you've done everything completely as I'd advise you to do. So 
done really well <laughs> and it shows because she's eating more as well and it it yeah. doesn't backfire on you you think it will but it actually doesn't it actually helps them to learn about eating and everything else so it's done really yeah. well definitely um I don't think my child will eat school dinners so I'm thinking of making packed lunches can you please give us some ideas of a balanced box now when we were at school <laughs> I remember having a club or a penguin having a packet of crisps but those are the days of old aren't they we're, we're not really allowed to to add those things to packed lunches now are we yeah because there's lots of rules now around um packed lunches aren't there in schools I know I'm making them for my little girl for fun club and I'm really not following the guidelines perfectly so <laughs> but I think it's the summer holidays and I think that's you know a battle in its own right <laughs> but yeah I think, um, yeah, there are lots of rules around schools now and what you're allowed to take in and what we would have had in our day and what they'll allow in boxes. I mean, I think you're basically looking at, you want to have something balanced that's got a carbohydrate, some kind of protein in there as well, some kind of fruit and vegetable as well as your kind of main, main core thing. So you're looking at your sort of your wraps, or your bread. The, my little girl's favourite at the moment is tuna, sweet corn mayonnaise sandwiches. She's obsessed with those. But any kind of sandwich that's got some kind of protein, um you know in it like ham or cheese or you know those sort of things can go in the sandwich or wrap even like leftovers as well you know as long as they have to be heated up sometimes they can work quite well as well like some children like pasta salads and things like that as well that's another option um try and obviously put some fruit in there depending on what your child likes I would say also try and put something new in not necessarily every day but try and rotate what you put in there so you're not just putting the same fruit every single day and if for example like your child doesn't like cucumber which took my child a long time to like cucumber still try and put some of cucumber and like carrot sticks and different things and pepper stick things like that in the lunchbox even if they don't get eaten a lot of the time you're still exposing them to new different foods as well so try and rotate what you put in that in that lunchbox as well and things like, you know, cheese, crackers, hummus, all those sort of things as well. And obviously, again, the other problem you have is a lot of schools are now nut free as well. So, again, that can cut out a lot of options as well. So, like, you know, cereal bars or even if you make things like if you make something on like a Saturday or Sunday and then you've got it for the whole week long as well, you know, like flapjacks or bake something and you can put something in that. But as long as it's not nut free, then normally those things are fine to go in the packed lunch as well. It's tricky. But I do think I would give you know, I wouldn't necessarily go straight to pack lunches. I would give the option of some school lunches as well, put in there as well, based on what we were talking about before, to give them options and increase their exposure to new foods as well. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I don't I don't know what your school is like, but, you know, um, we um, we use a system called Parent Pay to, to, pay for, to pay for things. And we also choose our school dinners through that system. And... Um, and in the case of our school, we do have a choice on the menu. So it might be that there's things that you think that your child will eat or there's things that, you know, they won't eat. But you might have a secondary option like a jacket potato or like uh, like the school pack lunch option, um, which, you know, just gives you that element of freedom. And like I said, you know, my my husband was saying, you know, um, to me, we we did school pack. We oh, sorry, we did pack lunches last week when my daughter was at summer camp um, and I was saying to him you know she's going to probably want some packed lunches from next year because it's not free school dinners for us anymore mm -hmm. um, with her going into year three but he was like actually you know the price of a school dinner 
it probably works out cheaper than us giving her a packed lunch every once in a while because we won't go through that loaf of bread we won't go through everything that we buy for the packed lunches so actually it's probably still better for us to choose the school packed lunch option and pay the the money for it than than make it ourselves because in the long run we'll be out of pocket with all the extra bump that we mm. have to put into the shopping basket every every week so um but we got the login details a couple of weeks before she started school and that gave us the option to look through the menu make sure that there was things that she would eat um and then select um select the options from the menu or select the days that she'd have a packed lunch or, or the days that she'd have a school dinner so you know before you know, delving headfirst into the world of packed lunches. Do check to see exactly what your school does and how it operates, um, yeah. and, and maybe see if there's some some other options that um, might strike your uh, strike your child. So there you go. Um, and you can show them the re- You know, you can show them the menu as well and get them involved in the menu as well. Like with my little girl, we have a you know we can see our menu. We can't click and stuff. There's only like a hot option or vegetarian option or jack of potato. I kind of agreed with her, like we can do jack potatoes twice a week. Yeah. When there are, I know there's lots of options on there of food that she will eat. So I know that there's nothing on there where I'm like, oh, she's not going to eat anything on that menu for the whole five days. So yeah, I, like you said, it's good to prepare and have a look at that list and see what's on there. And you know, there probably will be options and days when there are things that they will, they will, they can eat as well. Yeah. Um, another question here: What are some strategies that I can implement at home? to introduce new healthy foods to my child who might be resistant to trying them at school. I think it's a funny one though, isn't it? Because we were just saying both of our kids who were who are fussy eaters and have quite had restrictive diets actually tried more at school. So yeah. <laughs> you might find that it's the other way around. Exactly. I think sometimes children do better when they're not in their home environment as well. Sometimes they try more foods when they're actually not at home. There's loads of things, you know, like with nursery, my little girl was a, a nightmare before she went to nursery. When she went to nursery, she really started eating loads more different foods and putting things in her mouth so sometimes school environments can actually be really positive for their eating um so yeah no it can it depends on the child but I would say you know don't necessarily go with the attitude that they're gonna it's gonna be a complete disaster at school because it actually might turn out better better yeah. than you, you think it does I remember my my little girl um she would eat tomato soup at nursery and at school and then came home one day and she was like mummy I tried broccoli soup and I really liked it and I was what I can't get you to eat broccoli at all but you'll eat broccoli soup and it's the same with tomatoes she won't eat an actual tomato but she'll eat ketchup and tomato soup so oh yeah mine's the same where I can (laughs) I can't get I could get tomato sauce into I could get ketchup and I guess I can get soup into her now on the food chaining approach but I the amount of times I've tried tomato I keep trying it though and I keep trying to grow them as well or kill them off in my case most of the time but you know just to try and get her to go to that next step of eating yeah. tomatoes and the whole form but but I was thinking that was probably one of the things that you'd suggest is just keep trying yeah keep exposing and keep and I would say getting them involved in I've um got Olivia some really good like knife children's knives as well so that they yeah. can help you cut up things and cut up vegetables and you know like even cooking with them and even like it doesn't have to be like every night but even if they can like stir something or they can cut up like 
some carrots, something can be something really, really small because I know everyone's time pre pressured and stressed with summer holidays and stuff and people don't have loads of time, but it can be really tiny, short periods of time. It doesn't have to be baking, you know, massive meals that take you hours every night. It can just be little things, but getting them involved and exposing them to food and even going on like food adventures. So like going to like the supermarket, picking, you know, a some new foods to try or um, growing some foods or going strawberry picking, you know, it can be lots of fun activities around food. Just try and make it as fun as you possibly can because that helps reduce the anxiety around That's food one as of well. The things, like when when she was at nursery, um, she got really into like wanting to help stir things and, and stuff like that. And now my my three-year-old's really intrigued. And so she'll pull up a chair to the cooker and she'll be like, oh, can I help stir? Usually um, I'll I'll let her sort of, grab the bowl and put the things in if I haven't already switched switched the pan on yet um so it's not sizzling um or or if it's sort of like a, a liquid like some stock to go into um the yeah. dish as well I'll let her pour that in there um just, or even serve themselves so serve you yeah. like a spoonful so even when it's like not cooking anymore and you know you, it's on the table even getting yeah. them to do a spoonful can can sometimes help as well yeah, it's exactly. all exposure. That's one of the things they used to do. Um, when when my uh, eldest turned three, they they introduced the self service um, uh, like lunch because they had different rooms um, for the different age groups. So you had the baby's room, the toddler's room, and then the preschool room. And so once you moved up into the preschool room, you then could self serve your yourself your lunch, um, and and that was really good. But at my uh, middle one's nursery, it's a different setting. They're a Montessori setting. So they've got the Montessori knives and they actually um, do help with food prep and stuff at nursery. So I've had to get my head around the fact that actually she is already helping with food prep <laughs> and things like that. And they they like make like little apple turnovers and make, and, and you look at the tapestry and it's like, oh my God, they've actually put, a spoonful of filling into the pastry and they print the pastry on their own and then put it on the oven tray and then watched it go into the oven and so oh, yeah. I've, I've yeah I've kind of got to get my head around the fact that I don't need to be as help as helpful <laughs> as I usually yeah. have when it comes to stuff like that because they didn't do things like that with my eldest but they do with my middle and my youngest and so and are they better eat are they more adventurous eaters or um so my eldest started as a very adventurous eater she would eat everything that we ate we 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 did um baby led weaning so we just sort of gave her what we were having just with reduced salt and and things like that so you know she she started off as a really good eater it wasn't until she went to nursery that the fussy eating sort of began um and then improved as as yeah. she got older but like um but my my middle one she actually rejects things like chicken nuggets and stuff over like you know chicken thighs and yeah. actual stuff like that so you know I I'm I'm not upset that my my middle one won't eat oven food and I'm also you you managed to well you helped me realize that actually the way that my eldest eats vegetables isn't actually such a bad thing because what she does eat is a full rainbow of vegetables yeah. and 
actually raw she's got more nutrients in them anyway so it's not such a bad thing um it just sometimes means a bit of extra work at dinner time with food for for the veggies but you know if I'm making carrots for everyone it just means saving some to one side that stay crunchy raw yeah it doesn't really hopefully eventually as time goes on she might be more yeah you know willing as you keep working with the food training eventually she'll probably accept more cooked vegetables but yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with raw vegetables (laughs) no and and also like with with like the stews and stuff we'll deconstruct it like you showed in one of your posts the other day with your sausage um was it sausage casserole casserole? oh yeah 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 and so we'll we'll do we do similar stuff so we eat quite a lot of like turkish stews and and things as well and so we'll you know we might put the meat to one side and then have some beans and and sauce on the other side and then she can try it if she wants to but you know that she'll eat the meat and the and the rice and then we'll have some raw veg as an option that she can choose so we know she's mix it all in for you so it doesn't it's not any more additional work it's not like you're having to be a short cook and cook lots of different meals you're still giving her the same meal you're just separating it out so it's you know and that's not that difficult to do so no exactly so yeah it's not it's not that bad um Oh, this is fun. How can I how can I let the school know about any allergies or dietary restrictions that my child has? So, so you, they, do you, want they, to, you talk about your experience. Well, they gave, you were telling me about the form. Yeah, they gave us a form. So in like our starting school pack, they gave us all the information about the parent pay platform and signing up for the e e-letters and, and things like that but then we also got that form to fill in um that that said about um any dietary restrictions that the child yeah, might we have had the same there yeah. should be a form and you should be able to then speak to the teachers as well you know about your protocols and if you need and you might also need to provide any medical information as well so if you've got any letters or your child's got an epipen or anything else you might need to provide that information as well I know I did with my little girl with the milk allergy so you might need to provide that information so it's worth having you know the doctor's notes and information available as well but definitely speak to your 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 school as well but you should have some form that you fill in initially and then there should be conversation I know with my little girl there was about what she could have and everything else as well yeah so we we don't have any allergies so we're really lucky from that um from that part did you find that they uh that you that they stuck to everything and that they didn't try and give her milk and, and stuff or yeah so I was looking like Olivia grew out of her allergies by the time she was like we reached top of the milk ladder at three and a half so she was still sort of in preschool but she was going to the same preschool as the school and it was on the oh, same okay. site so in terms of we did have new forms for when she started reception as well but by which point she had grown out of her milk allergy at that point anyway so I was quite lucky but when we were in the preschool which was kind of attached to the school anyway they were really really good really on it they never gave her anything they yeah. didn't have you know that had milk and it was more likely that I would when I went out and I forgot that something had milk in it so I was probably worse than they <laughs> than they were because you know when you're eating out sometimes you know things happen and you suddenly realize it's got got milk in it and you're like oh no but yeah no the school I never had any instances at nursery or in her preschool and obviously she was at a different nursery before they were really good they were really, and also a lot of children do have allergies now so they tend yeah. to be most schools will have a no nut policy anyway no nut allergy policy anyway but there is a petition going around at the moment 
um, for people to sign as well, to change, to help with more support for allergies in schools as well. Because um, I do That's think brilliant. there needs to be more training and more more help in schools as well, and more staff trained on how to deal with allergies as well. So I do think this is a big, a big thing that's going on at the moment as well. And there is a petition going round. Yeah. But do speak to the teachers as well and make sure that everything is is safe and implemented for your child. My niece has a milk allergy, but they only found out later on. Um, And so um, they, my, I think she was in year one when they worked out that she had milk allergy and she was still getting you know the free milk um during break time and so um my sister-in-law had a chat with the school refilled in the forms they changed that all on file and um and they then started providing her with a milk uh, with a milk alternative option for the free milk so um I think that she got it was either almond or soya I think it was probably soya because of the no nut thing um but um but it meant that she had that option available to her now they did have a couple of problems at the beginning but it wasn't the school's fault it was Ariella who picked up the wrong carton of milk because oh, wow. <laughs> so, so <laughs> again it's it's quite self-serve at school so she yeah she was used to getting the normal milk she just picked up a normal milk instead of the instead of the milk alternative so it was actually yeah, normally most children her. would start with the allergy so like my little girl even from like two or three would know that she didn't have milk when she was offered milk she would never have it because she knew she had a milk allergy so they're normally quite good children as well like Olivia would never accidentally have had milk and I remember when she grew out of it and I said to them oh you now she can have milk and they served her milk she was like I'm not drinking it yeah disgusting I don't like it you know like so normally children are quite good when they've got an allergy as well but again do yeah there are forms that are normally filled in but do definitely speak speak to the school make sure you've got any of your you know doctor's notes or anything else that you know confirms the allergy or any anything else that you need and have yeah. a good chat with the school as well yeah they, they were you know they're lucky that it's it just was more like a dodgy tummy kind of thing than yeah. than an actual like yeah where it's a, an ig allergy that's a completely yeah. different case my mine was non-ig allergy so yeah. again delayed allergies gastro symptoms you know she yeah. could have some puritan and she was okay within sort of like half an hour. We we were very lucky, but I understand for parents who've got an IG allergy, it's a completely yeah. different situation. No. So um okay. Um what role can parents play in supporting healthy eating habits at home to complement school dinners? So I mean, like I guess we've sort of covered that a bit anyway, haven't we? Like with the making of of similar dinners from the menu and and things like that getting them used to the idea of school dinners before they start school um and and sort of like showing them what that menu is yeah but, definitely and I think also yeah I think we've covered quite a lot of that already yeah 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 I think it's just yeah getting them involved in looking at that menu and you know getting them involved as much as you can with food and even there are some really good books out there as well like um um mighty oh what's runaway p that's it that's a really good book and there's some really nice books about food as well that you can you know do you know read with your child as well and even like we find quite fun going to the library and getting cookbooks so random books and then finding recipes in them or just flicking through the recipes we might not make you know 
very many of them and they might not be very but you know it's still a good you're exposing them to food you're looking at different foods you might try when we try we got one on smoothies we made the smoothie in one of the books you know things like that again you're all exposing them to food as well yeah definitely oh this one this is our last question and it uh, I have I have a very strong opinion on this one <laughs> should I let my child pick their dinners from the online menu so if you or your child goes to a school like mine and, and you have uh, an online menu what what would you say Emma <laughs> my view is I would speak to them and I think it's important, as we always say, with division of responsibility, um, as a parent, you sort of choose what your child eats and they're responsible for how much they eat. I think it's definitely good to get them involved and it's good to look at the menu, you know, together. But I think also, you know, we can also look at talking about when we're talking about different selections and exposure and stuff as well as giving them options, but also, you know, you directing them a bit as well in what, yeah. what the options are. Like I do with the jacket potato, I'm quite happy to have jacket potato twice a week, but I try to say to them, not, not every day, because, you know, it's good to try different food. It's good to get different nutrients. You know, there's lots of options out there and you like a lot of those foods. And I know on that menu that she likes a lot of those foods. So I'm not worried that she's not going to eat anything. So it's not a case of, Whereas I get if you've got a really, really restrictive eater, then it's a different different situation. But if you've got a child that does eat a selection of food and you know there's lots of safe foods on that menu that they will eat, then I think, yes, I think you can you can also control what, you know, have an input as well with them as well. It doesn't have to be that my that's, your, your response is probably going to be a bit different. No, I've, I've done it both ways. I've allowed her, I've allowed her to look at the menu with me, um, but it, but essentially, she just always wanted the packed lunch option because everything sounded scary. So she, unless it was pizza on a Thursday or fish fingers on a Friday, she wasn't interested in the rest of the menu. Um, and then I thought, you know what, sod it, I'm just going to pick for her and it'll be a surprise and she, we'll see what happens. And actually, um, the, the way we do it now is a mix, sort of a mix of both. So uh, I I know what she won't eat and she will not eat the roast dinner on a Wednesday so I will pick her something different and the school dinner menu runs for like three weeks and then it so it's like one week two weeks three weeks and then it repeats kind of thing like so, ours does yeah we just yeah. don't get the choice we get the option <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so basically I'll let her have the school lunch pack lunch on a Wednesday and then any other day that it's like really heavy on the potatoes so if it's mm. like sausage and mash I might choose sausage and mash one day um at the very beginning of the term just to see if she'll eat the sausages um or like if it's like a, a, a stir fry then I might choose that once during the term to see if I can like really like persuade her into eating a cooked vegetable within like a mix of other things but so you're exposing her to different food and you're still because I think I think we talked about this last time. But the thing is, if you don't ever expose your child to a new food or different food, how are they ever going to eat it? And I think I talked exactly. about the spider analogy, didn't I? And saying that, you know, if I gave you a spider, would you eat it? Well, no, because you've probably never eaten a spider before. So how do you expect her to suddenly eat new food? So it is important yeah. as long as I think the safe options and you know she's getting enough yeah. food then that, that's your approach is absolutely fine. Yeah. But I mean, like if she comes back and she's like, I really didn't like this, 
then I know for next time I I won't I might not choose it or I might I might not choose it next time but choose it the time after just to see if like her tastes have changed a bit yeah but I I sort of work more on the feedback approach than the allow her to choose approach no, 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 that's absolutely fine and I think you, everyone knows their own child as well and what works best for your child and you know where your child is on you know eating and how restricted they are and what else is going on if there's sensory issues you know there's lots of other factors that you know play into your individual child so it's so your funny approach is absolutely fine it sounds like it's working really really well as well yeah well the, I'll tell you my biggest surprise so as as you know she won't eat tomatoes but she'll eat tomato soup and she'll eat tomato ketchup mm-hmm. one other tomato thing she won't eat is a basic tomato pasta sauce she will not eat pasta in this sauce yet everyone else in the house does so one day I chose a meatball sub option with a marinara sauce and I was like she might just pick the meatballs out of it and eat meatballs and cheese and it will come with like a side salad so she'll probably eat some of the vegetables from the side salad so I know that she'll at least have some protein some yep. a little bit of dairy and and some vegetables so I'll, I'll choose this and see what happens she ate the lot Emma she came home wow. and she was like that was the best dinner you've ever booked me I really loved it and I was like what the hell you went so I said so if I make the same sauce and put it on pasta would you eat it and she was like no <laughs> have you tried it with the meatballs though no, I might, I might give it a go. I was going, I'd go with the meatballs because I think you're a step closer then. And then all you need to do is then step to the bolognese, which is your next step sort yeah. of from meatballs to the bolognese. And then you're kind of there. You're getting there. I would definitely do the same at home. Yeah. And try it's again. It's really funny because she'll, she'll eat bolognese at school, but she won't eat it at home. Yeah. Apparently my vegetables are too chunky. So um, oh, I get that she doesn't like the vegetables I add, like she doesn't like spinach and stuff, because I'll put loads of vegetables in a bolognese, which obviously doesn't yeah. go in a normal bolognese. And that that annoys her. So, yeah, she'll eat the bolognese quite happily at home. Or if um, granny makes bolognese, because granny's bolognese is the best bolognese. <laughs> Why can't I do bolognese like granny? So, you know, all children do this. They all, you know. And that's why I always say to parents, you know, like with worrying about packed lunches and, and choosing school dinners, I think it's so good to give it a go, like at least yeah. try it, even if it's only for a week and it, you know, they don't eat and you know, it all goes wrong and then you go back to packed lunch. That's fine. At least you've tried it. And, you know, I definitely think it's an opportunity because they might surprise you and actually eat more different yeah. food. Like we both found at school than they did at home. So I think that's the thing is like it's it's a process for for both the parent and the child with a child starting school and like really it's it's such a big learning curve actually starting to trust that your child can do things independently because it's been such a long time of you helping and aiding a child or another adult in a different setting doing exactly the same thing I think that we sort of forget that oh by the time they're like two they're able to put their own coat on by the time they're three they they can generally put their own shoes on by the time they're you know four they generally dressing themselves and it's like oh okay and so I think really going to school is such a big step for everyone because they need you less that it causes this anxiety in a way but really it's it's actually getting to that point of trusting that 
you and your child both know what you're doing and it yep. will be okay in the end so definitely it, yeah, yeah. be fine <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining me again emma and um if you if you guys do have a child who is a fussy eater or um has has an allergy i would 100 percent recommend that you follow emma on instagram she's at dietitian with a difference um and seriously check her out her her instagram is super super helpful but then you also do like um you also do uh one-to-one um work as well don't you and yeah i do i have a particularly for fussy eaters have a master fussy eating package as well so yeah i do do support parents yeah separately in one-to-one situations as well all virtually so don't worry wherever you're based <laughs> I can still see you I get that question a lot they're like you I don't live near you and I'm like that's yeah, fine yeah setting up us yeah. all virtually it's uh it's been, yeah. been quite helpful in a way <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for joining me again and um I hope to have you on soon yeah brilliant thanks for having me it's thank been you. great <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode of Mum's Work and Chaos, please make sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting channel you're listening on at the moment. Or if you'd like to get involved, feel free to email me at mumsworkandchaos at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at mumsworkandchaos. See you then. <laughs>